We begin by acknowledging the Gabi people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast episode is being recorded today, and pay respects to their elders, past and present, and to their parents with children with disabilities. This podcast contains truth, laughter, and the occasional F word, so it's not really suitable for children. Well, you probably won't hear quite so much swearing among the beans, you know. Well, yeah. <clears throat> not suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello, peas and beans. Gary Bean here with another Beans Talk. Thanks for joining me. Today you're going to hear my conversation with Steve Sasaki Samuels all the way from Osaka in Japan. That's just in a few minutes. Before we go to that, I wanted to remind you about the 4Bean Mix, and uh, we are working our way towards a couple of special episodes for Movember, when it's uh, the month when it's okay to talk about men's mental health. So we're working towards that. Uh, We'll keep you posted. That will be at least two, perhaps three of the Saturdays throughout November coming up. So... Without further ado, here is my chat recently with Steve Sasaki Samuels. G'day, Steve. Hi, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you for asking, and thank you for joining me all the way from Osaka in Japan. It's uh, we've had a little bit of a chat backwards and forwards over time, but not a lot. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know you and talking with you about your family and your dadness. Um, <laughs> and uh, our listeners are interested to hear that. I'm going to start with the three questions that get us moving and uh, get us talking. So first of all, where are you from, Steve, and where are you now? Okay. So I'm, I'm originally from uh, New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand, and I am now living in Osaka, Japan. So, but that wasn't, I haven't kind of come in that direct route. Um, I, I left, I left New Zealand when I was my well, about 20, about 20 years old. And I went off to the UK um, for my OE. OE. Uh, yeah. Over, overseas experience. Um, right. Yep. So I headed off over there and I actually, my first, <laughs> I, I actually ended up going for only two weeks <laughs> and I came back home. Oh, um, really? Yeah. That, I, what, I just hated it. Oh. <laughs> I just hated it. I, I, was, I was not, I don't think I was ready for it and uh, weather was shit. So I just came home. <laughs> so much for your um, experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I came home and, and then, uh, so I got back into another job and then and I went again and I went um, actually, my friend came back who I'd originally gone with and he was like, hey, let's go again. So I went over again and I ended up staying there, uh, working and living there for about seven and a half years, eight years. Um, and it was there that uh, I met my wonderful wife, Junko, and um, and then we left uh, where you kind of, up, kind of decided to up sticks and we came to Japan. My wife is Japanese. And uh, so we came to Japan with the idea of spending maybe about a year here. Um, and uh, we ended up having our first child, Jamie. Um, and really, 
from there, we just ended up staying here. And so we've been here now, well, over 15, 15 years, over 15 years now. 15 years. And you'd be bilingual, I guess. <laughs> and uh, no, that's incorrect. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, I tell you, I have to give myself some kind of credit. I can actually um, hold a, a very simple conversation. I know I've, I haven't studied. I haven't had, I haven't had um, the time. And I think, you know, it's a lot of factors with Jamie and hmm. um, my job has, has, has had a, played a big part in that. But I, okay. no, my, my Japanese is woeful. <laughs> I can't. I can't read it. I can't. I can't read it. I can't write okay. it. Well, <laughs> that's fine. Um, <laughs> I understand. Uh, but so now your surname is Sasaki Samuels. Now, what's what's the connection there? Then is that a Japanese name as well? Sasaki. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. That's my wife's uh, family name, and okay. of course, my name. Um, my original family name was Samuels. Okay. And so we, when we got married, as I was like, well, why don't we put our names together just make a double How barrel because i was like let's like wh- why not kind of bring things together yes I, so i was like okay let's just do this and my wife was like yeah okay that's cool um that sounds like a great idea so we we did that it was a bit of i'll be honest it wasn't the easiest thing from a um japanese uh kind of administration perspective that was a little bit of a nightmare um something a bit new for them very new, actually. So, mm. um, but we got it done, and um, yeah, and so we are Sasaki Samuels. That says a lot about you, I think, Steve. Well, it does to me. I mean, the, the fact that you would even consider doing that, where that is not the normal way to go. You don't do, normally take both names. Often these days, husband and wife will keep their own family name, and that's great too. But mm. to combine the names into your formally recognised. Name, family name. That's wonderful, Sasaki Samuels. Yeah, I suppose I've. I suppose it was just. It it it, it was kind of I wanted us to be because we're you know again just bringing it together because if it take my name it's just you know she still has her first name but it's like well she kind of loses a bit mm-hmm. of the identity as to you know where she's come from so I was like well let's put it together and and it's nice I think it. Both my both families, I think, actually really felt that it was um, bringing everything together. Yeah. So that's been well received by both families. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, we, we, we'll certainly return to um, to some of those things. Particularly, I'd be very interested to hear about how things are in Japan when it comes to raising children with disabilities. Uh, and additional needs, and we'll definitely get to that. Our second question, however, we haven't got past question one yet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen, Steve, if you could have someone over for dinner who was uh, either famous or just not not famous, living or dead, somebody who you know about that you would love to sit down with, who would it be? I I've been thinking about this actually, and I asked mate, and and I realised that it is a guy called Justin Baldoni, and. He may or may not be known to people. And I didn't really know this guy. I didn't even know this guy's name until. No, I don't. I have never heard of him. No. Well, he he is he's an American guy. He's a, um, you may know the, uh, a show called Jane the Virgin. It was years ago. I never watched it. So I, like I say, this is kind of where people may recognize him from but or know him from. Uh-huh. But I um, started 
uh, I was made aware of him from my sister, um, from, uh, through, she said, like, listen to, or read this book. I think she said to me, like, read this book or listen to his podcast. And this was back in, I think it was 2019, I think it was as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is very much into uh, redefining and uh, talking about men's masculinity uh-huh. and the toxic masculinity that um, we have as men mm. and how that hinders, hinders us uh, from operating in a way um, which, are, which um, how do I say it? Kind of, it, it stops us from operating in a, in a very humane way to ourselves, I think. And yes. we have, yeah. Um, wow. So I, I would, I would love to have him over and I, oh my God, like, yeah, just the questions and the discussions that, um, yeah, we'd have would be amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad, you know, that it's a topic that's alive these days that we can, we, we, we kind of get an understanding of what that is just by hearing it, toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. and then we can explore it. And doesn't that relate to dadness and to being a husband and particularly to being a bean? Um, uh, that, yeah. is, that is amazing. So Justin Baldoni, so he has a, a podcast, does he? Yeah, he, he's got a podcast called um, Man Enough. Man and enough, excellent man enough. title. Yep. <laughs> and again, this with this 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 podcast just yeah it it is it has shaped me as to who I am today. Sitting right here, wow. um, it has, uh, yeah, life changing. I think there's another way of saying it. it's been a life changing podcast for me to um, go inside myself and really ask some really bloody hard questions about. Um, who, like how I choose to react, and um, also you know to learn to be to be uh, nicer to myself, better to myself, but also to be mm. um, uh, more hu- more more humanity to myself, and that mm. flows on to others around me. Therefore, to others, yeah. Justin Baldoni, Man Enough podcast. We'll put that in the show yeah. notes, and I'm going to check it out. I'm also going to check out your podcast, but we haven't. We'll get. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> you know, I just heard the other day. It's true, isn't it? That the person we speak to most in our lives, no matter how close we are with anyone, is ourselves. That's yeah. the voice we yeah. mostly hear in our own head. Is our mm. own, is our own voice, and the things we say to ourselves that we would never say to another are mm-hmm. quite incredible and mm-hmm. have an impact then on the rest of our lives. So thank you for that. So that's your second question. That leads us to our third question then, which uh, we brings us into this particular community that's listening. Why would you be called a bean? Oh, wow. Well, um, I'm a bean because my uh, we have a son who is, his name's Jamie, and he has uh, Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And uh he also is on the spectrum of auto, uh, has has autism. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> as simple as it is, really. <laughs> and he's uh, fourteen, going on fifteen, I think. He is. Yep, that's exactly right. Yep. Okay. He's a and, beast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you also have another son uh, who's a little younger. I do. Yeah, we have a our. Uh, so, well, a slight couple of years younger. He's just turned twelve, and his name is Joshua. Um, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's an amazing, amazing young man. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, tell us about that. How, how is he amazing? Oh, I think 
I think, um, I, th- I think I've, I've, I've seen him uh, grow as a as a boy, um, and what what I, I I just I see him interacting with how uh, my son Jamie is now because obviously he's younger uh, mm. than than Jamie, but how mm. he interacts and how he looks after his older brother, but how he understands him and how he is as a, as a, as a boy, but also um, being able to uh, communicate, like verbally communicate much better than probably what I was when his, when I was his age. Wow. Um, and I just think he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's, he's got, uh, he, he's, he doesn't excel academically, but he is just, yeah, a uh, superstar. And we can hear the emotion in your voice, mate, as you're speaking, and I can see it in your eyes as you're talking. Um, uh, that's, that's quite something, isn't it? And so how do they get on together? How do they interact? <laughs> yeah, they, they get on really well. Um, they are very much brothers. Um, yeah. And uh, I think probably in the last year uh, they've really started to kind of have a, a kind of a good bond together, um, and yeah, Jamie. Jamie has uh, obviously he's grown up as well, <clears throat> so but they he relates. He's he understands. He understands how my, my uh, Joshua relate. He understands probably Jamie sometimes much more than I do. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's just very. Um, understanding and uh yeah refreshing and understanding yeah wow and you know uh, just hearing you say that that this reflects on you and um junko as well as his parents obviously there's been a you've set a tone for them or you've set a mood and and you've set you've led the way so good on you for that and and um but i also i just particularly appreciate hearing the emotion in your voice as you describe them uh, your two boys and how they get on together, mate. Let's go back to when Jamie was born, if you don't mind. How, just tell yeah. us how was he? Was he premature? How how was how was it at the birth? Uh, actually, leading up to leading up to the birth, it was pretty straightforward. Um, we had a, a C-section all scheduled, and it was. I think he was just facing the wrong way, so there was um, just a case of. Uh, getting kind of waiting to see, and then it was like, okay, actually, uh, um, no, he needs we need to kind of schedule another C section, so that was scheduled in, I think, uh, a week or two in advance. And then, um, it was a couple of I think it was about a, a week or two before his due date or something like that. I, I can't remember to be honest. Um, and uh, so we went in, um, and it was just it was basically we 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 don't have any family here in Osaka, pretty much. We don't. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the nearest family to us is uh, in Nagano, and that's about five hours drive away from from okay. here. Wow! So it's just us. But um, uh, Junka's mum had come down, and uh, she was staying with us and um, uh, kind of helping helping out in a way. Um, so 
she went in for the uh, C-section and uh, I can't be in the room in Japan. That's well in the hospital we were in, you can't be in, you have got to be outside. Okay. Uh, so I was in the, in the hall just waiting huh. yeah. to be a dad mm. <laughs> um, with the mum and uh, not really knowing how to communicate to her because <laughs> I couldn't speak Japanese. <laughs> speak Japanese. <laughs> so we're uh, sitting there very odd. But anyway. Um, some things so, don't need language though, do they? I'm sure there were, you know, there was some communication going on in looks. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we were just like, well, we're, you know, we're going to have a, we're going to, you know, she was going to be, be uh, have her first ever gra- uh, grandchild, mm. uh, grand, grandson, because we knew it was going to be a boy. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be a dad, and that was just terrifying as it was, um, you know, exciting and terrifying. But so then, um, I, I think like he came, like came up in a lift in front of us, and then kind of whisked him away. I think from memory, something like this. Um, and I don't remember. I don't remember. Basically, the next time I remember seeing him um, was when. Uh, we were in this kind of room and Junker was lying down and they brought him, they brought him in and he was kind of put on top of her. Like that was a koala care kind of mm. thing that they had going on at the school. It was a, it was a Christian hospital and we didn't choose mm-hmm. it for that reason. It was just how, it, how it all happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind and, of like kangaroo cuddles kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, put on. Uh, he was put on Junko's tummy, and and uh, so that was our real first kind of like, okay, here he is, and um, and then I and then he got taken away. I uh, took photos and all that kind of stuff, and then I got the doctor called me away into a room, and he said, "Oh, oh he said, can I have a word with you?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay." So I went away with him, and he spoke a bit of an English, kind of a bit of English. So that was obviously you know mm. a good thing. Um, and he was a pediatrician, I think. So, and he said to me, um, I just want to have a word with you. Here. I think he said, like, is there any, do you, um, do you have, does your family have any, have any history of something? I think something like that. I was like, no, no, no. no. Um, he said, okay, we just want to, um, let you know that we think your son might have Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay. Right, I don't quite know what that is, mm-hmm. um, and and then he said, um, also, please don't tell your wife. We'd like um, her not to worry. Please don't um, tell your wife. Yeah, please don't tell your wife. I remember that very clearly. Um, wow. And I was like, okay. I just said okay <laughs> because I'm just in, I'm probably in that mode. Of just like I don't know what the hell's going on and. Yeah, so of course. I don't know what Down syndrome is. I know it's I've heard it before, but I don't know what it is. Of course. Um, yeah. So I we left the room and I went back over to my wife, and by now Jamie had kind of moved on into somewhere else. Um, and I think I just told her straight away. I think I just I just told her. Yeah, yeah. Of course you did. Of course you did. I mean, how are you not going to tell us something like that? What? Well, that's the thing. I mean, how 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 am I supposed to go through uh, the rest of the day? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was so I, was, I had to I had to tell her. 
and it was, yeah, and there was just tears on top of tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that is amazing. I, I guess this doctor was going to tell her himself or something, but well, uh, yeah. who knows? But what <laughs> a, knows, what a yeah. position to be put in. Um, I, all I can say is good on you for ignoring that advice and just going straight ahead. I mean, she, <laughs> she uh, it, it, and it's not just for your sake, but she needs to know what's happening too. She has every right to know what's yeah. happening. Um, okay, so you you then you hear this this these terms Down syndrome. Um, how did it go from there uh, over the next couple of weeks? Was he in a special care nursery? Uh, yeah, he. He basically, well, straight after the, like that, I, we were we were told that he had no anus. Um, ah, really? And this was also a common, sometimes a common thing with uh, Down syndrome children, is they were born without an anus. Yeah. And and so also they um, had to operate straight away. Mm. They had to um, uh, make it happen. And so... They, uh, that's what they did. And they were, I think the operation, well, the operation was a success. And I think at about 11 o'clock at night, they came out and, uh, my wife reminded me of this last night because we were looking at pictures last night and she said to me, that's right. She said, I remember how they came out and they, and they, all these doctors kind of, so there was like six of them in front of us and they were kind of sitting there almost like a school photo. It being like a school photo for some reason. And they sat down and one of them, and he's a great doctor, he's, and he said, in English, he said, your son now has a beautiful anus. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I, and at that time, I, it, like, I just, all I just heard was, it was just words. It didn't mean anything. And, but now yeah. I can laugh about it. I can just laugh at like, what, a, what, <laughs> what a thing to say. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It, it was just like okay, like that's that's great. He's got it. He has he has this anus now, but also we didn't really know what that would mean for us as well. Mm. We had no idea what that would ultimately um, be for us as we kind of go forward in his life. And, and we and what as, has as it kind been? of yeah, it's I mean, it's it's yeah. We're he's fourteen years old, and we. We're still. Um, he has, uh, you know, he he has uh, troubles with, uh, you know, those with going to the yep. toilet still. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. And um, we're, we're very fortunate. He doesn't have to have the. Uh, I, I can't remember this, on the on the sides like a, a colostomy. Uh, colostomy. That's one. He because mm. I said like he might he may have to have this. They don't know. Mm. Um, later on or something. Um, and again, I was just like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm just in kind of in shock. That's basically, that's, I'm in shock. Um, and uh, unable to process it really. Um, so um, the, they, they, they said that he had, uh, they had done the operation and, and then he was in a uh, NICU in ICU. Um, and he was uh, wasn't because of his muscle tone. They have very weak muscle tone. Down syndrome children, so he had really, really uh, low muscle tone. And so, um, yeah, they it was just yeah, it was 
Yeah, traumatic. I, I can't think of any other only, you know. Of course um, it is. Of course it's traumatic, yes. And it's, it's mixed, mixed up with this bundle of joy at the same time, isn't it? That's, that's part of the trick here that mm-hmm. we have to negotiate. We get this most beautiful gift and alongside it we have this trauma. And both of them mm-hmm. are true. They don't negate each other. No, you have to somehow no, and, negotiate and, and, your way through them. Yeah, and, and, it's, and then there's a, this numbness that kind of goes on. You feel mm-hmm. a sense of numbness because you don't kind of know where to put yourself between those two emotions. So you, you know, I think I kind of in some ways kind of resort to the, the numbness um, for, you know, for, for a while. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was only when he, he came home, mm, I think when he kind of came home, which was just under one month, he, uh, just under a month he came home. It was okay. only then that actually I felt like, yeah, um, uh, yeah, maybe I can actually start to be a dad now. <laughs> mm. um, but it was just terrifying as hell. Like, yeah. And how was Jill go through all of that period with her health and with, with her mindset? Uh, yeah, she was, well, I think, you know, she, uh, she, rec- she had the C-section. So she was in there for about, well, she couldn't really kind of get up. And so she was lying down for a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but once she could get up, um, which I think was about three or four days after, so she couldn't go and see him mm-hmm. actually. Um, and so she finally was able to use a walker and get down into the NICU and see, her, see him down there. And you were able to be around during that time? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I might have been able to go. I think I, I was able to go in before her because obviously I can. Um, it was just more she couldn't go in. Um, she was just bed bound essentially. Yeah. Um, so I was able to kind of go in um, and into the, the sa- into that room of just noise <laughs> um, <laughs> and noise and foreign language and yeah you know, just a total like uh yeah a situation which uh i don't i don't think no one wants to be in good on you for being there mate good on you for being there i mean well you've got no you choice know. have you you've, you've you've got to you've got to show up that's that's what we've got to do. And it's, that's what I did. Well, that's what you did. That's what you did. And uh, I'm just saying good on you because um, not everyone perhaps does, but you did. And um, to this day, those uh, few weeks in the NICU are with you, aren't they? They, they, they never really go away. Yeah, they, they, they do stay with you. Um, that's for sure. And that's, tra- that's, tra- that's trauma. There's, there's, yeah. And I, I never for for eleven years. I, I never realized mm-hmm. eleven years that it was trauma. Yeah, yeah. So for those eleven years, how 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 was that then? If if it hadn't been sort of named for you um what was it like for you as dad for those 11 years yeah I, I i was looking through photos last night 
and I, I was looking at myself and I, I, and I actually, I think I had pushed the trauma in a sense. I kind of pushed it to the back um, and I was able to operate as, as a dad, as me, because um, I, I was happy. And think to be honest, like it was, we, we, we had, we, we were, we did some pretty crazy stuff. Me and my wife, like we, we actually, we, Jake was a very easy baby to look after in the sense of he was very quiet. He uh, didn't move around very much because of his muscle tone. So he was, a lot of the time he was in a pram or we're holding him. So we could go places. We were really fortunate. We could do, we could go traveling and, um, and so we were kind of, you know, still living in a sense, a bit of that, that life. Um, mm-hmm. the, the poem, you know, welcome to Holland, uh, yeah. which I, I just love that poem. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is I, I think in a sense we were kind of living, still trying to live in Italy very much. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, there were, he had operations, he had, um, you know, part of his intestine, uh, large intestine, uh, removed, like when he was, uh. I think he was like, um, under, under one year old. Um, mm. and so he, we, we had these things in between here, but outside of those, when we weren't in the hospital was that, um, we were still trying to have somewhat of a normal life because, mm. you know, we, we were, we're pretty free, free kind of spirited people. Um, and so, um, you know, we were doing this and that for, uh, for years. So what, what was involved then in terms of his development, his schooling, his, his interaction with other children? Well, we, we, he went into, um, we basically, he went into a, like a nursery, like a, just a mainstream uh, nursery, um, this was after he had his uh, after he had his operation on his uh, intestine, um, which allowed a little bit more uh, for him to have a better quality of life and make it a little bit easier for for us as well. Um, so he was in just regular nursery, and also he went into uh, regular kindergarten. He had um, when he was in nursery he, again. He didn't really move around too much. He was about he only started to move around on his own, on, on the floor, on his hands, and kind of doing a bum shuffle. Uh, that was when he was about four. Okay. So he, um, we, as I'm saying, we kind of had it, we had it a little bit easy in that sense that we could go and do things. He wasn't so mobile. So we could, we could go away and travel and, and things like that. But um, after that, it kind of became more challenging um kindergarten was was really good he had a um kindergarten was a um they were able they 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 were able to have a like a support teacher for him or support helper i should say and that was that was amazing that that was great um we did it was all it wasn't all you know happy days um with with that but um we we made it through there and then we um was the, the we were like, okay, uh, school, like starting school, elementary school. And um, 
this is where it got a little bit um, interesting. We uh, we decided that um, we were going to look at both. Well, we decided to, to, to go mainstream, so we went to our local, just a, a public school, and uh, the nearest one, and we popped in and said, you know, I think of coming here with Jamie, and um, this is how he is, and they were. Um, they were kind of very Japanese about it, um, but also they weren't overly welcoming, mm. and they were they were like, "Oh, maybe actually you could go to the you could go visit the special needs school. We can um, refer you over to the special needs school, um, and you know they might you probably get uh, better, you know, get looked after better over there." And mm-hmm. anyway, um, when we had that conversation, I didn't kind of think anything about it. Um, and then we kind of got home and then we went and looked at the special school and the special school well, was like something else on a whole new level. Um, and, uh, we, we basically decided that we wanted to really go to the, the, the mainstream school. We just got, because he had been essentially mainstreamed all the way. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. and we were like, it's. We want to continue on, and his all of his friends were from who were yeah, in kindy. Of course, they were. Yeah, they they were asking Junko. They said, "Oh, he's going. He's coming to school next year, isn't he? Like he's coming to mm. the, you know the, the school." And Junko's like, "Yeah, like." And so they didn't see him any differently <laughs> from anyone else. And yeah, like, and so that also was a big part of it because like he's got friends and friends are yeah. massive friends yeah. are like because absolutely those, they look out you know hmm. so we we actually um the school was yeah less than interested and so we started a petition um and we actually uh we got loads of we got a lot of local support and we also got international support um we had we a uh, we had news we had uh, the like uh, national news we had the um, Kansai Osaka news they all came over we were on TV we had wow. the camera crews in the house um, and because of what we were doing we were trying to stand up for inclusion and this was um, real news this is real news this was this was like mm-hmm. we were on this I think it was like the six o'clock news um, wow. And we just were like, well, this is what we want. This is like, this is, but it's, it wasn't just about him. We wanted, it was also about just letting people know that like, you can't push these kids away. Like we, we just wanting the reasonable accommodation. That's all we want. We're not asking for the world. We just want him mm. to be, you know, ideally in that class um, and with his friends. And have mm. if he can have that kind of teacher to help him through and you know aid him through it, like that. That's and I know that everyone, everyone has really different experiences. I know that's that. true. It, that's true. But this is your experience. So, so what? Yeah, happened? it is. And and I, you know, it's, um, and we, you know, um, we we got there. We we got a f- five thousand signatures. We handed it over to the Osaka City Education Board. Um. And yeah, um, and we they basically took out they replaced the principal and the vice principal, and they brought in um, uh, 
new principal, a new principal and vice principal. And because then, of because of this whole petition and so on, I I, I guess so because it was wow. um, they, you know, um, you know, and and I, I to be honest, like I just think that again, um, I don't I don't have anything against um, the previous principal, vice principal. I just think they again didn't know mm. how to. Um, they weren't educated. They just didn't know how to mm. uh, accept, and they didn't know how to welcome these, you know, welcome children like Jamie. And so, um, they got someone in that was able to do make that happen. Um, and it, you know, they got in. He's been in there, and he was in there for six years. And it was, you know, there were, you know, always uh, discussions about how to make it better for him and, and we were like we don't want him to be in the special needs class down there because i was like that's not inclusion that's separation he's in the same school but he's not for me there was like no difference it's like he's for me inclusion is with his friends in that class and when he's around other kids he behaves better as well that's what i think uh-huh. because he it's kind of that kind of crowd mentality is he kind of see he kind of you know, yeah, blends in. You know, um, so so he's had good peers all the way through, good friends. Yeah, he he's he's actually had some great friends, great friends, and he's he continues to have these friends. And even actually, it's funny. Even today, we were just at his school his, uh, because he's now in junior high school, and mm. we were just at his elementary school, and we went to read a book. Um, we do the book reading like once a month or something um, in the morning. And one of the kids, I have no idea who it was. And they, um, my wife heard, she said, Oh, this kid like said, Oh, that's Jamie's mum and dad. Like, um, and, and I was like that, you know, he, this, this kid is, I don't, I don't know how he knows Jamie, but he's probably about five. He's graduated. So it's like four years different four years younger than Jamie. Right. So he would have been if, if I don't know how he knows, but he would have been put grade one when Jamie was grade six. So it would have been yeah. six, like that's the difference um when yeah. they would have essentially met. But I think that was the impact. The impact that Jamie had that created the change within that school um was profound. And I think that and that still goes on because so many other parents now um have come to the school with with children who have special needs and disabilities, and um, they uh, the local authority kind of essentially recommends the school because of how it is, which is fantastic. But it's also frustrating because these all these other schools that you know um, that probably are close to other people's houses, but they travel they you know yeah. travel to um, this school, which. It's great. It's also a mixed blessing, isn't it, to be a trailblazer? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it sounds like you and, and he have been trailblazers <sighs> at this school and in this district and for the whole country, you know, showing showing a way that this could be done. I've never thought of myself as that. I'll be honest. I've never thought, but as, as that, as my wife as well, because I mean, my wife is just like, she's a superstar. She's a goddamn superstar. I don't know how she does it. 
<laughs> like, hello, Junko, you're a hello, superstar. Junko. I love you, Junko, by the way. <laughs> She's <laughs> yeah, going to listen to this. Goddamn superstar. Well, I, I just don't know how she, like, it, I mean, I'm, I'm a wreck. Some days I'm just a wreck. And, like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, you know, and she's, she, you know, she just operates when I can't. And I, and I, I, now I just put my hands up in the air and I'm just like, I just can't do this shit. I just, I'm out. <laughs> and that's, that's more of a recent thing. That's, that's very recent because I've become more aware of who I am as a, as a dad and as a man. Mm. Like, I'm, you know, whereas I used to just battle on and just, you know, you know, fight the, uh, fight the toxic masculinity within me. Uh, but now I just, you know, I'm like hands up. I'm like I'm out. I'm having. I'm. I'm I need time away. Well, let, let's talk about that in one sec. Before we do, can you describe Jamie to us? If if we met Jamie, who are we meeting? Who is this young man? <laughs> it depends where you are. To be honest, I think. Um, I think if you were to meet him, like with us, if you were just you know yeah. walking on the street and and meet us on the street, I think you would. Um, see a, a guy, a boy who's, um, who has obviously has a, has the look of Down syndrome, but his, you kind of, you don't really quite, it's hard to sometimes get to know him until you actually spend a little bit of time with him and he starts to, um, be with you, uh, kind of understand you, but he is, um, like, he, he, he is very sensitive. He's an incredibly sensitive kid. Like, he will pick up on things mm. um, um, and just, yeah, he, but he will also, and he will surprise, he will surprise you, like, with how he might come over and, you know, put his arm around your neck and, you know, try and, you know, bring you down to your knees, like, you know, put you in a headlock if he feels that way inclined, like, because he, and he's 50 odd kgs now. And so, um, but he's, he's got a heart of gold and he, you know, yeah, he, when, when he's, when he, when he smiles and when, when I'm not ready to smile, um, you know, Sometimes I've I've got to I I have to remind myself to receive that smile and, and enjoy that smile because I you know, I sometimes am not um, not allowing myself to to be human and and kind of enjoy it. So you've used the term toxic masculinity a few times, and you've talked about. Um, getting on with it for years and years and then hearing the word trauma and the last few years have changed some things for you. Um, you're at, it seems to me you're at a point right now where this is quite difficult to talk about, but you're, you're, you, you reached out to talk and I, I wanted to say I appreciate that because uh, I, I think I understand the reasons why you did. I know you've been listening to the 2Ps podcast over the years and you've listened to Rob's uh, Dad Ability podcast, and you've listened to the Beans and, and the Bean Mixes and so on. 
And I think you said to me, you know, that this was, you believe this was an important thing for us dads to be able to speak and to be heard. Um, h- how are you at the moment, mate? I actually, I'm probably, um, as is probably in a, probably the best place I've been in, in a very, very long time. Um, and I know it, like, for someone listening, like, well, he's, he's, he's crying away here. Like, like, yeah, like, that's because it's emotion and I'm, I'm expressing emotion. Like, um, because if I, that's, that's what, uh, as men, we, we tend not to do. We tend to not um, allow ourselves to be emotional, to be vulnerable. And I've kind of asked you a question, um, like kind of toxic masculinity, um, and even even putting that word toxic in front of it, and uh, people shy away. A lot of guys just turn off uh, when you when you talk about it. They don't mm-hmm. want to. They think that if you take away any kind of masculinity with them, is that they become a woman. Oh, and heaven forbid that. Like oh my god. You know, um, but it's like no, it's I for myself. I've just realised probably really, I say in the last really six months to a year, um, listening to uh, the podcast and the uh, Man Enough podcast, um, and through therapy as well, um, counselling all these things um, is that I, I have allowed, I, I, I'm on the journey. I haven't fully allowed myself. I'm going to be really open about that as, as I've allowed myself to be more human to myself and um, to be like this, exactly like this. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I, it, it is extremely healthy to do this. Um, and my wife still has to sometimes, you know, ask me if I'm okay. She's like, are you okay? Like, I'm like, yeah, like I'm good. This is, this is, this is healthy <laughs> because otherwise I'm, it's just all boiling up and it's not, not getting anywhere. It's not, I'm not releasing it. Um, and, you know, um, and I just I, I think to, to for me to operate as a as a as a dad, as a father, um, to to Jamie and my and to Joshua, and to operate as a as a husband to be the best person and also be the best boss. Um, I've I've just got to be. Um, I've just got to be really human to myself. And if I can be more human to myself, then sure as shit, I can be more human to people around me. And I can shed the feeling of, uh, I can be real to myself. I think this is really key here, is I can be real. And I feel like I don't need to be something I'm not. I can just be who I am. Not trying to be something, or no, pretend that I know something when I don't. You know? That kind of is... 
I, I have, I feel myself, I still feel myself with that. Like, you know, I, I don't, I have to just sometimes remind myself and be like, you know, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the answers for this. I don't need to feel, I need to put on that uh, face of like, you know, I know what it is. Like I, we, I, I've got this. Like, no, like I don't, I don't have this. I don't know. Um, and let's try and get, find these answers. Let's, let's work it out. I want to hear. And we, we as men and women as well, we have two ears and one mouth. And I just think when you use our ears so much more than my mouth, and that's what I, I've just started to listen so much more. Um, and yeah, less is more. I th- talk, talk a little bit less, but listen and just hear what people are going to say. Hear it. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to agree with it, but you can just hear it and just listen to it. And that is fucking huge. That is just, it's a game, for me, it's a game changer. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it, it is a journey for me, um, a continuous journey of how to, uh, work out my, my tox- toxic masculinity that I have as a, and, and, and move forward and, and keep learning how to learning what to, you know, build on and be better at um but i'm 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 at i am who i am i'm not going to try and be something i'm not and i just want to be jb's dad thank you mate um thank you tell us tell us about your podcast so i I'd been thinking about it for about uh, um, probably about a year or so, and uh, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And earlier, kind of about probably three or four months ago, I was talking to my therapist, and I was like, you know, I think I, I think I've worked out what I want to do, and I. Realize that one thing that I never, I, f- I felt I was so isolated, especially living here in Japan, that kind of compounded massively mm. what um, what was going on, is I had no social network. I had no social network of dads, um, I felt, for 11 years, basically. Um, and and I, I, I felt to myself that what I, I wanted to put myself out there, uh, I was in the right space, headspace to do this as well, to be, for people to, for guys to hear th- uh, another guy talking about their journeys, the, the good, the good points of it, but also like the, the tough parts, the, you know, and I wanted to like, which is, which is important because, uh, it's 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 all there's a there's always good and bad with everything and i and it's just how do we deal with that but i want I, it's not it's not a it's a mix of like a a self help kind of um thing uh podcast but it's actually self it's actually my own self help it's actually for me in a way mm. it's i'm it's therapeutic I'm, it, for it's you therapeutic. too yeah yeah the amount of times i've 
I've done an episode because I've just had not had any time to myself for a week. And the only time I've able to, to find that is I go down and I do my podcast and I feel that I've able to get it out and I'm like, I've able to talk about this. And that's, that is, again, is just what um, we as men, uh, unfortunately, are. Uh, and I was, again, I'm not going to um, say all men are like this because they're not. Um, so I, uh, I just feel that it's a massive part to kind of talk about stuff and even talking into a microphone to myself. Um, mm. But I want to. Ha- I, I have guests on, and so who do you talk to? Who are your guests? I talk to dads who have uh, kids with special needs disabilities, and it's it's really. Um, I I I've had a. Um, I don't have a massive network to be honest, because I mm. I kind of shut myself away for eleven years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and living in this country as well didn't help that. So I, two massive factors of, I just, you know, um, everyone else, all my friends who are in other countries, uh, weren't having children, um, like Jamie. And so I was very much and, and uh, on, on, on my own, mm. um, no one to relate to. It's just me and my wife just felt like we're just on our, on our own. So you've got a dozen or so episodes now recorded and you do this every week. Is that right? Yeah, I try to. I try to um, and I think it's, you know, every week try and get on the mic and talk to either if I can't, uh, if I can't get a guest on at that time, I'll, I'll, I'll find something which is about my journey because mm. that's the thing is like that was the key. That's why I did it. And that's why I continue to do it because it's a voice. And it's a it's mm-hmm. a dad voice of the how I've gone through. Again, it's a mix of the great moments, but also the really challenging moments um, of juggling work, juggling being a boss, juggling, you know, just trying to again be be human, and you know, and that's. Sometimes the hardest thing. The podcast is called Life with Jamie and More, and we can find it wherever we find podcasts. You can indeed, yeah. And thank you, mate, for your heartfelt honesty today. I mean, that, as you say, that is healthy. And just hearing that from you is affecting me <laughs> right now. And to many who are listening, also, can you can you? I don't know if this is a fair question, just off the cuff, but can you put into words uh, what you've learned about yourself or what you know about yourself now that you didn't before? Oh, I think I think I've I think I've just learned that. Um, I, I need to be, I need to understand, um, ha, make, be aware of how I really feel, how my body's, te- what my body is telling me mm-hmm. mentally, physically, because a lot of the physical, my physical 
things were so related to how I was mentally because I wasn't listening to my my myself mentally for yeah. a lot of years, and um, and so I've now learned and still learning how to what to do in these situations um, and action, act, doing actionable steps. Like I would have just, I, I used to just bust through so many walls. I would just bust through so many walls of fatigue and, and everything for years. And I just like, and I, and I look back and I'm like, how did I do that? How did I manage to like, just keep on, blasting through these walls and then i hit then I, there was then came a wall 11 years ago couldn't bust through it couldn't couldn't do it and it was in an ambulance on the way to the hospital and that was the game changer um that was it that was where i i think that oh i did i don't think i know it's where everything changed um i uh i became my whole body was giving in um, and I had to get away. So I went back home. Um, I went back home to New Zealand um, to just to decompress and get away from the world that I was in. I took my youngest son, I took Joshua with me uh, because I, I don't think my wife would have been up to um, deal with the two boys. That just would have... I would have come back uh, to God knows what, um, but I went home um, for about a, for a month, and I just you know decompressed, and I was able to talk with friends. Um, and the, the process, the start, the process started of um, realizing that really I had just been on just a crazy autopilot for the last. Up up until eleven years since eleven years um, after Jamie was born, um, and here I am, you know, three three years four years later, um, and I'm still going, and I'm still still learning, still learning how to be nice to myself, still listening to my body, still listening, like my head and my heart. Um, one tells me one thing, one tells the other. I'm trying to listen to my heart a hell of a lot more than my head. And that's goddamn important. That's so important. Um, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. And I think it's, that has huge positive effects on my life. Like on me directly on, uh, on my relationships around me, parenting with Jamie. I'm able to, uh, control my my anger a hell of a lot more than what I used to because I just it was it would just overtake me it would overtake me and it was just yeah mm. so yeah just I'm just learning keep on learning you said something earlier about uh Jamie offering you a smile when you weren't sure you were in a place to receive it and you, you received it and it was a gift to you at the time, which was a lovely way of 
putting it, by the way. Um, but I have to say I feel like you've given us a gift today um, in your honesty and in your rawness and uh, in your willingness to uh, take us on a little bit of that journey with you. You've certainly given me a gift, let me put it that way, as a fellow dad and as somebody who's a bit locked down <laughs> um, and has always been. Um, I uh, appreciate your wisdom and your honesty. And I have to say, you're a bloody good dad, mate. Thank you. I'm going I'm to I'm going to receive that because a lot of guys will be like, no, no, no. I'm going to receive it because we need to receive, receive those it. things. Exactly. And, you know, and and I, I, Gary, like I'm, you know, I, I honestly, what what you're doing is, you know, is life changing for um, for so many. Me, I've listened to your episodes and I've just been like, uh, you know. There are a few people on this planet who, um, you know, I, I've got a lot of time for. And, um, yeah, you, you, you're one of them, Gary. So, yeah, anytime. Thank you very much, Steve. And I would love to come back and talk with you more in a little bit of time. Uh, let's, uh, let's pick this up again because I'd love to know how things work out, particularly for your podcast and for your life and your journey. And as I say, it was a gift to me, so I wouldn't mind receiving it again <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and uh, all the best to you and Junko. And um, so nice to hear you speak about your wife the way you do. <laughs> uh, dear. And um, so thank you for introducing us, at least briefly, to Jamie and Joshua. And uh, we look forward to talking again. But for now, Steve, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. So that's our episode. Thanks for listening. It was great to talk with Steve, and I really appreciated his openness and his candor. Just remember, if you are interested in the Four Beans, in the Four Beans mix, answering questions, making comments on issues or topics that you'd like us to talk about, please feel free to email them through to Kate and Mandy or into the Hangout on Facebook or leave us a speak pipe. That would be really good too. That's coming up in November with the Four Bean Mix. Thanks for listening today. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.